All right, let's go ahead and take our Bibles this morning and go to Psalm 147 for our introduction. I've been assigned the topic of uh, spiritual healing for the conference. And I told Pastor, I said, I'm going to open both of my sessions, morning sessions, this morning and tomorrow morning with book recommendations. First book I want to recommend is a book called The Wounded Heart by an author by the name of Dan B. Allender. The Wounded Heart, Dan B. Allender. The subtitle says, Hope for Adult Victims of Childhood Sexual Abuse. Hope for Adult Victims of Childhood Sexual Abuse. Now, don't let that uh, worry you. This is a tremendous book, and it's not just about that subject. But uh, it's a book about spiritual healing in general. deals with a lot of the principles, a lot of the uh, why we feel the way we feel, the why we react the way we react. And again, this is not a subject that, that preachers preach about every Sunday, but the last statistic I heard is that one in three American women will fall prey to this horrible... Uh, Phenomenon, if you want to call it that. So, very good. I promise you this. If you will get equipped, learn some things, God will put people in your path that you can minister to that have been through this horrible, again, uh, phenomenon in their, in their lives. So, tremendous book, The Wounded Heart, Dr. Dan B. Allender. Let's go ahead and read a couple of verses of Scripture. We're going to pray, and uh, we're going to get right into this this morning. Psalm 147, verses 1 through 3. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Verse number 3. He, talking about the Lord, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Father, we come before you. We thank you, God, for the great day. Man, what a privilege it is to be involved in this great conference, this great meeting. And Father, thank God for the lesson, the fellowship, and everything that we've enjoyed already, the good uh, time of solitude and, and silence and prayer and just uh, spending time with you already this morning. Father, we ask God that your touch and your blessing, your anointing would be on us in a real way as we teach these principles. No doubt there's some wounded hearts in our midst, people that have been uh, hurt and damaged over the years. Let them find help. Also, let them gain some wisdom that they could go into the crowd, that they could go into the masses and be light and salt and helping others to find spiritual healing. Rebuke Satan, the demons of hell. Let your Holy Spirit have his way in every heart. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you. We ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said. All right, let me say an introductory statement. As with any and all other aspects of the way of holiness, the central figure of the subject of spiritual healing is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. As with any and all the other aspects of this way of holiness, the central figure 
of the subject of spiritual healing is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me say this. I am not anti-pastor. I'm not anti-best friend. I'm not anti-doctor. Thank God for doctors. Somebody say amen. I'm not anti-counselor. I'm not anti-therapist. People and professionals can be a gift of God to aid in your spiritual healing. Do your little head like this. I want to say that again. People and professionals can be, not always, but can be uh, an aid uh, to assist you in your spiritual healing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when the smoke clears and everything settles, God Almighty is the only one that can provide true and thorough spiritual healing. I'm going to say that again. At the end of the day, God Almighty is the only one that can provide true and thorough spiritual healing to your damaged soul. Now, I want to start out my introduction as kind of an illustration. Uh, we. We've all watched television, amen, Lord have mercy on us, but we've all watched television, amen. And we've all seen a cowboy get shot. If you've seen a cowboy get shot on TV, raise your hand. We've all seen that. And, and if you notice, when a cowboy gets shot or a soldier gets shot on television, they just grab something, right? And they throw that thing on there, and I don't know if I can tie this by myself or not, but I'm going to try. But they grab whatever they can grab. They put it on that gunshot wound and, and they go on saving the world. Can I tell you something? Christians are the world's worst at just grabbing something. Anything they can get their hands on and throwing it on their spiritual wounds. I want to say that again. Christians, I don't know what goes on in the heathen world. Thank God I've been out of the heathen world for 35 years. But Christians, we are the worse at just grabbing something and throwing it on our spiritual wounds. Now, I want you for the most common things that we grab, and I got that in quotation marks, that we grab and throw on our spiritual hurts. First thing we grab and throw on our spiritual hurts is denial. Denial. I'm okay. We've all seen uh, Marshall Dillon roll into town, and he's got his arm bandaged up, and here comes Doc and Festus and Miss Kitty, and they run out. Oh, Matt, you're hurt. And what does he always say? Oh, it's nothing. Right? That's what we do. We throw that rag of denial on our hurts. We say, oh, it's nothing. Somebody come up and say, man, I was talking to your brother. He was talking about how y'all were raised by an alcoholic father. Man, that's been 40 years ago. I'm over that. Man, I was talking to somebody and they was talking about how you got uh, hurt at your last church. Man, man, I done forgot about that. Somebody may come up to you and say, oh, I heard how you was abused in school. Oh, man, that's ancient history. I've done build a bridge and got over that. And the thing that, first thing that, we as Christians throw on our spiritual wounds is denial. Somebody said, your denial is your own personal prison. Can I get a witness there? 
Your denial is your own personal prison. second thing that we throw in our wounds is not only denial, but perfectionism. See, I'm not wounded, and I'm going to prove to you I'm not wounded. Look how perfect I am. Look how good a preacher I am. Look at how good a ministry I've got. Look at how good a church member I am. And can I tell you something? Our churches are a breeding ground for perfectionism. People put on this, oh, I'm not hurt, man. I just look how perfect I am. I, I assure you, I'm not suffering from anything in my past. And they they... People say, I don't smoke, dip, or chew, or run with those that do. I walk right, talk right, and spit white. I am perfect. I have arrived. There is nothing wrong with me. People hide behind perfectionism. And then number three, let me give this one. The third thing that we just grab and throw on our wounds, denial, uh, perfectionism. Thirdly, y'all help me pray as I say this, workaholism. Workaholism. So you may be hurt, but if you stay busy enough, you won't think about it. Right? Stay busy in the church, get you a job, sell Tupperware, sell Mary Kay, sell Plexus, sell essential oils. Man, if I just work all the time, if I teach a Sunday school class, sing in the choir, work with the youth, Go on code trips and help with conferences. If I just stay busy, I don't have time to think about my hurts and my pains. And then the fourth one, uh, and I'm just going to take this off and so I can move around a little bit better. The fourth one that we throw on our, our uh, wounds and try to cover up our wounds is addictions. People hide and they bear themselves in addictions from everything to to uh, food addictions, to prescription drugs, and, and everything under the sun. So these are the four things that, that we just throw on our wounds, that we just grab and throw on our wounds. Now I'm going to stop right here just a minute. Give you some insight. Maybe you can understand why this is, this is real to me. My mother, and, and, I, and I'm just going to tell you, she was a prescription drug addict. And I'll be honest with you, as an adult, 54 years old, looking back at my mother, I believe my mother was somehow abused as a little girl. I could not prove that in a court of law, but again, as a minister of the gospel with what I've dealt with, what I've studied, and now looking back in hindsight, Pastor, there was something my mother was trying to keep in the past. With the pills with the, with the uh, medication. Brother Mike, there was something way back there she was trying very hard to keep from coming to the front. And again, I could not prove that in a court of law, but I would be willing to, to tell you the best of my knowledge, the best of my best, some way, shape, or form, my mother was abused as a child. And she threw on addiction to try to cover it up, okay? So that's why this thing is, is, is very real to my heart because I've, I've seen a lot of this and was raised in a situation like that. So let me, we got to hurry, man. This, this brother Mike said it goes by quick, and man, it is going by quick. 
How do you acquire spiritual healing? If you've got a wounded soul, if you've got a wounded heart this morning, you've got that pain and the denial is not working, the perfectionism is not working, the workaholism is not working, the addictions are not working, how do you truly get thorough spiritual healing? Number one, uh, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. And under this, you've got to acknowledge it to the Lord. Acknowledge it to the Lord. Go to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to turn to a couple of scriptures. Mark chapter number 5. Acknowledge it to the Lord. We all know the story here, the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, Mark chapter 5, look at verse number 33. But the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. Who's the him? The Lord Jesus Christ. Came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. If you're ever going to get spiritual healing for your damaged heart and your damaged soul, you got to acknowledge it before God Almighty. I was very, I tell you what won my heart about this book. Uh, I thought, man, this is just going to be some kind of neo-evangelical ABC, one, two, three, step by step, 12 step. Pro I tell you what won my heart about this book. You know what this man said? The number one reason people do not receive spiritual healing, this is what he said, they refuse to get broken before God. That's what this... I thought this, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. He looks like he used to be with Fleetwood Mac. I know we shouldn't judge people by their, by their looks, but he looks like he just uh, used to be with uh, ZZ Top or somebody, amen? He, but I'm telling you, the guy's spot on. He said the number one reason people don't get spiritual is they refuse to get broken before God. And he is spot on with that statement. So acknowledge it before the Lord. And then uh, acknowledge it to people. This is good, man. This, this, this jumped out at me. And it goes along with this book right here. Go to 2 Samuel 13. Man, the Lord stirred my heart with this passage. 2 Samuel 13. 2 Samuel 13, look at verse number 19. Tamar, y'all know the story, has just been raped by her half-brother. Look what Tamar did in verse number 19. Tamar said, verse number 19, let's read verse number 18. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins appareled. Then his servant, talk about Amnon's servant, brought her out and bolted the door behind her. So he did this horrible act against this poor young girl, kicked her out, bolted the door behind her. Look at verse number 19. And Tamar, look at this, put ashes on her head, and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. So this, this woman, man, this, this stirred me up. This woman, she, she rent this gar outer garment that she had. She put ashes on her head, put her hand on her head to let everybody know what had happened. She said, look here, Amnon, you're not going to push this in a corner and make me suffer in silence. You're not going to make me keep this in hiding. 
Although this was horrible, this is now a part of who I am. Although this was terrible, this is now a part of my story. And she rent that garment, put those ashes on her head, put her hand on her head, and everywhere she went, she was letting people know this was a horrible thing, but this is now a part of who I am. Let me say this, and this is something that they brought out in this book. I'm very proud of Tamar because she refused to fall victim to shame. Could I get a witness there? Tamar refused to fall victim to shame. Hold on to your seatbelts for this next statement. Shame is a very subtle but very serious form of pride. I said, hang on to your seats. Hold on tight. Shame is a very subtle, but a very serious form of pride. Do you know why? Because shame orbits around what other people think about us. It's all about what others think. And at the bottom of the line and at the end of the day, who's the only one we should be concerned who thinks about us? The Lord. So shame is a very, very subtle and a very, very serious form of pride. And thank God Tamar had enough God, enough spirituality, she did not fall prey to shame, but she told everybody this was a horrible event. This was awful what happened to me, but it is now a part of who I am, and it is now a part of my story. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. Now, can I say this? Talking about acknowledging this before people. At first, be very prayerful. And be very selective who you open up to about your spiritual hurt. I see several of you nodding your head. Be very prayerful. Be very selective who you open up to about your spiritual pain. I think if you, if you got a halfway decent spouse, they ought to be number one. I think they deserve to know. And then you pastor, and then I put what I call a close godly friend but it needs to be acknowledged before God and it needs to be acknowledged before the right people can I get a witness there okay then the second thing and we're about done man my time's about gone and we're probably just going to have to run through these we're going to look at the story of the good Samaritan so you not only need acknowledgement but you need action you need action let's go to Luke chapter 10 the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Verse number 34. Number one, let the Lord get close. Let the Lord get close. Look at verse number 34. And he went to him. This certain man had to let this certain Samaritan get close to him. The certain man's a type of the sinner. The certain Samaritan's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's already been talked about this morning, this, this thing of solitude. You have got to allow the Lord the time 
and the liberty to get down into the dark corners of your hurt. Did you, did you see what I'm saying? You got to allow the Lord the time and the liberty to get down in the dark corners of your hurt. Okay? I, I, y'all probably going to shake your head because you know what I'm talking about. I prayed for years and never let the Lord get close. Read my Bible for years, never let the Lord get close. You know how I did that? I did all the talking. Amen. I wouldn't let him get a word in edgewise. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. You, if you're going to get spiritual healing, you've got to let the Lord get close. Give him that liberty. Give him that time to get down into that dark place. Number two, take inventory of the pieces. Said he bound up his wounds. When you bind up a broken bone, it may be in three pieces, but you've got to get those three pieces in order. You've got to get them structured. You've got to put them in place and then wrap them up. And what the Lord gave me out of this is binding, is taking the multiple pieces of your hurt, taking the multiple pieces of your pain structuring them, put them in order, and then allowing the Lord to put them back together. I think you need to stop and look at the pieces individually. What relationships have been affected by my pain? What relationships have been affected by what I went through? Uh, here's another one. What attitudes have I developed as a result of my experience? How many of y'all have ever heard this statement, hurt people hurt people? Right? And when you've been hurt, you hurt others. Right? Look at, look at the, the relationships that's been developed. Look at the attitudes that have been developed. Look at the thought processes that have been developed. Right? All... Whatever it was, whether it was sexual abuse, a bad experience in church, bad family experience, bad job experience that really cuts you to the core, you look at it as one singular whole event, but you got to look at the pieces, how they've affected you in your relationships, your thinking, your attitude, right? Praise the Lord. Take inventory of the pieces. Number two, or excuse me, number three, apply the necessary treatments. Apply the necessary treatments. He said he was pouring in oil and wine. Oil in the Bible is a type of, of two things. Number one, it's, 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 a, it's a type of the Holy Ghost. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And again, I want to emphasize, folks, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can get down to where the pain really I've been married to my wife for 28 years somebody asked me said you've been married to brother Russell for 28 years you ever thought about divorce she said no but I've thought about murder several times amen nobody on planet earth knows me like my wife knows me and we're close we've got a good marriage by the good grace of God but I want to tell you something nobody knows me better than that than the Holy Ghost he is the only one that can get down and apply the healing 
where it's at. And then not only uh, is oil a type of the Holy Spirit, but oil is a type of the blessings of God. I think it'd do us good to say, yeah, Lord, I, I'm hurt, but I'm saved. Count your blessings one by one or count your blessings ton by ton. Yes, Lord, I was abused, but you brought me out of that. Lord, I was hurt at this church, but praise God, you put me in a good church. I was hurt by this ministry, but hallelujah, I've got a good ministry now. Amen. Boy, my kids hurt me when they were teenagers, but thank God they're in their 20s. Somebody say amen. Amen. I, 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 we got teenagers sitting here. Y'all can say amen. Me and my son, from the time he was 13 to 23, we were like oil and water. I mean, it, it, was, it got plumb ugly sometimes. But Buddy is like when he turned 23, he realized what a wonderful person I am. And he's like my best friend on planet Earth. And I could mope around about those 10 rough years with my son, the arguments, the clashes, the disagreements, and everything that we went through as father and son. But you know what? I'm just going to enjoy what I got now. Praise the Lord. So count your blessings. The oil is the type of the Holy Spirit. Uh, oil is the type of the blessings of God. Wine is a type of the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. I made this statement. Placing your personal habit, happiness in the hands of anyone other than Jesus Christ will always end in disaster. Placing your personal happiness in the hands of anyone other than Jesus Christ always ends in disaster. You draw your joy, you draw your meaning, you draw your purpose, you draw your, your, your all in all from Christ. Can I get a witness there? Joy of the Lord, not the joy of my marriage. Sometimes there's joy, sometimes there ain't no joy. Not the joy of the ministry. Sometimes there's joy, there's not any joy. But the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's a, a, a fathomless, bottomless pool. And uh, man, here we go. Number four. Be willing, not only, I'm going to go through them again, let the Lord get close, take inventory of the pieces, apply the necessary treatments. The Number four, be willing to be dependent. Be willing to be dependent. Says he put him on his own beast. i tell you what old Charlie Russell would have done if I'd have been in the, in the shape of this, in the shape of this guy that got beat up. When that Samaritan tried to put me on a mule, I'd have got it and said, oh man, I'm okay, I got it. I'll be all right. Are y'all with me this morning? You gotta be willing. When, you, when you've been spiritually hurt, you gotta be willing to let others help you. Amen. First of all, it's, it's the Lord. Learn to be dependent on Him. Amen. It amazes me how we don't want to be a bother to the Lord. Boy, it got quiet there, don't I? I, Whose backpack's this? I'm going to buy this backpack. Y'all heard the story about the, the hitchhiker. He had his backpack on. 
old farmer stopped and pick up truck and picked him up and he jumped in the bed of the truck and going down the road and the farmer looked back and said, hey man, won't you take your backpack off? He said, well, I didn't know if the truck could haul me and the backpack. You'll get that after a while. Amen? You know, we don't want to be a bother to the Lord, but hey, he wants us to be a bother. He wants us to be dependent. Be dependent on him, uh, the Holy Spirit, the trusted proven people I want to emphasize that again trusted proven people trusted proven people amen not the guy you just met on Facebook or the woman you just met on Facebook but trusted proven people that you've known your church family and learn to depend on them he had to learn to be dependent he had to get up on that mule and let that mule carry him for a while. Sometimes I've learned I've got to be carried. I do a lot of carrying in the ministry. But I've learned there's times that I've got to be carried. And then let me give you this last one. Remember, spiritual healing takes time. Spiritual healing takes time. Where do you get that, preacher? It says it brought... He Brought him to an end. Y'all look up here. Outpatient treatment was not an option. He had to be admitted. Did y'all get that? He was in such bad shape, he couldn't be treated as an outpatient. He had to be admitted. And can I tell you something? Spiritual healing takes time. My two statements, I deal with a lot of inmates that their mother dies while they're in prison. Their father dies while they're in prison. I'll give you one story. I had a young man, uh, early 20s, maybe 21, 22 years old at the most. His mother pulled into a gas station to get gas one morning. And uh, the tanker was there filling up the, the in-ground tanks. And she ran over that hose from the tanker to the underground tanks and her car got tangled up that gas line exploded a spark and just engulfed her in flames and, and burned her up she's just on her way to work and we had to bring that young man in and tell him what happened to us I ain't never heard anybody scream like that young man screamed and, and I always tell those young men that go through that I said two things are going to get you through this the grace of God and time the grace of God and time. Amen? You break a bone, you don't, you're not playing football the next day. It takes time to heal. And, and the problem is, uh, we live in a culture where there's instant everything. Instant credit, instant food, same day delivery. And let me just say this, God cannot be pressured, prodded, or persuaded to work on your schedule. He works on His schedule. Amen. I'm going to close with this just, just to drive that point home. A uh, lady by the name of Kay Arthur, she speaks at a lot of women's conferences. Some of y'all may have heard. She's very promiscuous, very loose in her morals, married several times, lived with several men, and she got saved. And, and she was over in Africa teaching a class to young girls, 
on how to live holy, how to live a pure life. And she got back to her room. She said, Lord, why didn't you send somebody to me when I was young? Why didn't you send somebody to me when I was a little girl to, to keep me from going down that road? And she said, just as clear as a bell, the Lord spoke to her heart and said, Kay, I saved you when I wanted to save you. And guess what? Healing's on the way. We serve God. He is the healer. But His healing works in His time. Amen? And it does take time. So let's, brother, if you'll throw up the, 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 the discussion questions. Let's go ahead and look at this. We'll, we'll read the verse. Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. As you reflect, talk about your journaling here. And I'm going to cut you loose, but we'll read these together. As you reflect on what you have heard and learned, honestly ask from your heart what spiritual hurt and pain in my life have I experienced but refuse to face and thoroughly deal with. Given the four methods, the four things we cover up with, denial and those things, given the four methods, what is my typical preferred method for covering up my spiritual wounds? What's the thing that you always throw on? In other words. Then the last question, who is your go-to person with whom you can honestly and openly talk about your spiritual wounds. So let's pray, and I'm going to leave you to your personal journaling time and uh, let the Lord help you. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for the Word of God. And Lord, we, we've all been hurt some way, shape, or form. Others have been hurt very seriously. Horrible, horrible chapters in their life. And God, I pray that you take these principles, burn it in the hearts of these folks. And help us all get the spiritual healing we need. Bless this time of meditation and journaling. And, and help your people, God. Help us that we can get healed and move on and help other folks that are hurting. And God, we'll thank you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.